0: This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Guidestone. Guidestone envisions a world transformed by Christian investing. Through screening, corporate engagement, and impact investing, our investment strategies allow investors to be more proactive with their investment dollars to make a meaningful difference in the world while preparing for their financial future. Learn more at GuidestoneFunds.com faith.
1: If you have a child heading off to college in the fall, time is running out to apply for financial assistance. I am Rob West. Of course, I'm talking about the free application for federal student aid form known as FAFSA. If you haven't filed it yet, you still have time, but not much. I'll talk about that first today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is faith and finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Okay, the deadline for submitting your FAFSA is this Friday, June 30th. Uh, fortunately, you can fill one out and file it online at FAFSA.gov. That's F A F S A.gov. Uh, submitting a FAFSA is the necessary first step in receiving either grant or loan money from the Department of Education. It's easy to get loan money, but obviously you want to borrow as little as possible. Uh, many graduates take decades to pay off their student loans and dearly wish they'd borrowed less. Now, let's go over the types of aid that you might receive by filling out a FAFSA. First, there's the federal Pell Grant. This is an income-based grant program for full or part-time undergrad students, but exceptions are made for students seeking a postgrad teacher certification. The less your family income, the more likely you are to receive a Pell Grant, which could be as much as $7,400 for 2023. Uh, Next is the Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant. This one's administered by individual schools, but not all participate, so you may want to check with your school's financial aid office. It's also income-based with a maximum grant of $4,000 a year. If you plan on being a teacher, you'll want to look into the Teacher Education Assistance for College and Higher Education grant with the convenient acronym TEACH. Qualifying for a TEACH grant could get you up to $4,000 a year, but you'll be required to complete a teaching service obligation. Failure to fulfill that obligation will get the grant converted to a loan, and you'll have to pay it back with interest, so make sure you're committed to teaching before you accept the money. Next is the Iraq and Afghanistan Service Grant. If you've lost a parent or guardian due to military service in those countries and you were under the age of 24 or attending college at the time, you could be eligible for up to $7,400 for 2023. Now, since you'll be filing at this late date for the 23-24 academic year, a lot of the available grant money has probably been dispersed, so you're much more likely to receive assistance in the form of federal work-study programs. These are funded by the feds, but administered by the schools. As the name implies, they provide undergrad and graduate students with the chance to work and earn money for their education expenses. The work could be related to your major and may not necessarily be located on campus. With these work-study jobs, you'd earn at least the federal minimum wage and possibly more depending on the job. Again, check with your school's financial aid office for details and availability. Now we get into the dangerous area of federal financial assistance, student loans. I say dangerous because the system makes it incredibly easy to borrow, both for students and their parents. College students graduating in 2023 who took out loans owe an average of nearly $30,000. The average length of time to pay that off will be around 10 years with a monthly payment of just under $300. Of course, a great many students borrow more than that and take longer to pay it back. Worse, many students who borrow fail to get a degree that could lead to a higher salary, meaning it will be even more difficult and take longer for them to repay their loans. The lesson here is, of course, borrow as little as possible, and if you do borrow, make sure you graduate. Then make sure you graduate with a degree that gives you marketable skills that employers are willing to pay you for. It's great to pursue dreams, but attending college is as much a financial decision as anything else. Remember Proverbs 22, 7, the borrower is slave to the lender. That said, here are the types of loans that could be offered after filling out the FAFSA. First, the Federal Direct Subsidized Loan. This is needs-based and allows you to skip interest payments while you're in school. Then there's the Federal Direct Unsubsidized Loan. This one isn't needs-based, so basically anyone can get it. Finally, the Federal Parent PLUS Loan. No mystery here. Parents take out these loans to put their children through school, but we don't recommend it. Your child will have many more years to pay the money back than you will Again, the deadline for submitting a FAFSA is this Friday. We'll be right back. When we follow Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim. We focus less on ourselves and more on God's kingdom. In Michael Blue's book, Free to Follow, we're reminded to surrender everything to Jesus and follow him. Free to Follow explores what the Bible says about money and possessions and challenges you to rethink the way you view and use them. Request a copy of Free to Follow with your gift of any amount to faithfy.com slash follow. Every day, FaithFi is working to meet people right where they are. Through our national radio program, app, and website, we're helping people put their faith in God and not in money and possessions. And we're encouraging and equipping Christians to have a passionate pursuit for sacrificially living and giving the money entrusted to them. If you believe in and have benefited from FaithFi, would you consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron? Learn more about the FaithFi Patrons membership at faithfi.com and click Give. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, it's time to take your calls and questions today on anything financial. We'd love to hear from you with a few lines open. The number to call is 800-525-7000. Our team is standing by. Uh, Let's uh, begin today in Pennsylvania. Hi, Nancy. Go ahead.
0: Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. I have a, about six years ago, I took a Bank of American credit card and I've been paying all my monthly bills on that, and I receive reward money, and I now have $3,000 um, in reward money. I heard a rumor that the government is looking to tax that. Um, have you heard anything about that?
1: Well, uh, you know, if the reward is an incentive, uh, Nancy, for opening the account or perhaps referring someone else who opens an account and it didn't require spending any money. The IRS views that as taxable income, and the way you would know that is you would get a 1099 MISC, which stands for miscellaneous uh, income, and then you would need to report it and pay taxes on it, even if it's less than $600. But the kind of reward you're describing is not taxable. So these are cash back rewards, um, and, you know, these are basically viewed as the IRS as a rebate And therefore, it's not taxable income. So uh, you should not have to pay any taxes on that money. And the fact that you've been letting it accrue uh, doesn't change anything. So you can either apply it to your statement balance or have that, you know, transfer that to your checking account or something like that.
0: Yeah, I have it transferred to a savings account with them, but it's not drawn on anything. I just had opened up a Capital One online savings after hearing Good. that you guys yeah. say it's important to do that. I do have an account that's paying me 4.0 in that savings account. I'm considering moving it over there. So, All right, yeah, thanks. I I, I'm glad idea. to hear.
2: All,
1: all right. right, Nancy, thanks for calling today. We appreciate it. To Orlando. Hi, Paul. Thanks for your patience, sir. Go ahead.
2: I have, um, I'm have. i nearing retirement age, um, 58. Um, my house is paid off. I have no debt, I have $10,000 in uh, savings for emergency fund, but my only retirement besides my home is about $330,000. I don't have a retirement 401k or anything like that, I've built my own retirement, Um, and I was just wondering what would be the best thing to do with those funds. Right now I have the 330 invested in stocks, and uh, I get a dividend from them also, which I reinvest, Um, and I was just wondering if that's a good idea, or if I should be doing something else with those funds.
1: Sure. Uh, What type of account is this in?
2: The regular, just like TD Ameritrade account, yeah. Yeah. Okay, very good. Okay, and is
1: it an individual stock portfolio, or do you have mutual
2: funds, or both? No, individual stock portfolio, that's it.
1: Okay, and how has that been going? Like, for instance, how have you done over the last year?
2: Actually, very well. I mean, all of my stocks have maintained. I mean, they haven't grown like they have before, but They've maintained, and I make probably about oh. I make probably about twelve thousand in uh, dividends a year.
1: <laughs> way, to, way to go there, Paul! Maybe there's a new career for you in retirement uh, managing money. Uh, that's excellent, uh, and and obviously you feel comfortable continuing to manage it moving forward. Correct?
2: Well, my question has been, you know, I always hear about the fees you have to pay from other people and things like that, and I just. Again, I've just been reading, I listen to your show a lot and, you know, i was a Larry Burkett person for many years and just, sure. so I just don't know, I, you know, I did have one of those jobs where I had one of the 401ks available or that they matched or anything like that, so.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. And how far out are you from retirement, do you think?
2: Probably about four years. Okay,
1: about four years. And have you done your retirement budget? Do you know what it'll take for you to maintain your lifestyle after you stop working?
2: Yes, and again, it's always that thing where you always think you're going to be okay, but then you're always like, well, you start hearing things, well, you need to have this much money for retirement and this much money, and you're like, yeah. well, then maybe I don't.
1: Well, what do you think your monthly expenses will be in retirement? Do you have an
2: idea? About $4,000 a month. Okay, and what
1: will, what portion of that will come from Social Security?
2: 30%, uh, 40% of that,
1: yeah. All right. Yeah. The, I mean, the challenge is, you know, let's say this 330 grows to 375 uh, over the next four years. Uh, you know, you would probably pull out about 15,000 a year. Um, so that would leave you, you know, if you were to uh, take 15,000 a year, that's 1250 a month, which means that if you're looking for 4000 a month, um, you know, you still need another 2750. It doesn't sound like you'll have quite that much from Social Security. Is that right?
2: Right, I'm um, realistically, I'll probably have about two thousand from Social Security. Okay.
1: Yeah. So there's going to be about a $750 gap. I mean, so the idea would be let's continue to grow this money. I mean, the good news is you're not going to pay any tax on it. You'll have some capital gains, but you shouldn't be paying any tax as it comes out. Um, but you do have a gap there, which means either you work longer or you work part time in retirement, um, you know, or you delay Social Security and work longer and the combination of those two. I mean, you could get your Social Security check if you waited till 70 up to, you know, 25 percent percent higher than it would be at full retirement age if you would be willing to continue to work, and that may close that gap for you. Um you know, so that's one option. And then you'd have guaranteed income for life there and give your portfolio a chance to continue to grow. Um, in in terms of, you know, so I think you've got to dial in that budget. And keep in mind most people live on about 70 to 80 percent of their pre-retirement income. I mean yours may not be that drastic because you're already debt-free, so it's not like you're paying off the mortgage right as you're getting into retirement, and now that's coming out of the equation. You've already recognized that reduction by living debt-free. So maybe you're living on 90% of your pre-retirement income. But whatever that is, that's the number we have to solve for, not some rule of thumb about how much you need in the bank. We just need to know, are you really going to have the money you need for the rest of your life if the Lord tarries and you're in good health? That you know may need the last decades. Um, in terms of the investment strategy, I mean, you're doing well. I hate to kind of be an armchair quarterback here, but at the same time, I think there is something to be said about having a professional money manager. I mean, what's really interesting is even though the market has done well this year, despite all of our headwinds, it's been very narrow in terms of the actual stocks that are performing. It's a very small swath of the overall, um, you know, stocks out there. And it's really, and I think we're heading into more of a stock pickers market, whereas the last decade, you could just be in the indexes and you would have done well because everything was going up, led by the big you know, cap companies. But I think we're heading into a market, especially over the next probably three to five years, where it's going to be more of a stock pickers market. And so having somebody waking up, thinking about making those selections, especially by buying individual companies, you know, how are you doing your research and which companies, you know, out of favor and which sectors should you be in? And, uh, you know, what changes do you need to make over time? I mean, you know, this is important stuff because it really has to do your success in growing this portfolio and maintaining what you have is going to be key to you being able to fund your lifestyle and your expenses in retirement. So could you make up one and a quarter percent a year that you would pay to an advisor by having somebody really managing this portfolio for you, I I would make a strong case that you could. Uh, And then you wouldn't have the weight of that responsibility. But if you enjoy doing it or you just feel more comfortable doing it yourself, um, you know, you certainly can do that. And you have. And that's great. Uh, Perhaps a middle option would be you continue to do it. But with the advice of somebody else, just, you know, to be able to factor in and you could use a service. Like SoundmindInvesting.org, dot org, the SoundMindInvesting newsletter, which Larry Briquette talked a lot about, and they would recommend mutual funds to you that you could, you know, put into your portfolio alongside those stocks, and that would be another option. Does that all make sense, though?
2: No, it absolutely does, and I appreciate. It. I think that's. I think I was sort of thinking that already, but I just wanted a second opinion. Yeah.
1: Okay. uh, Thanks for calling today, Paul. You can find, uh, we recommend a certified kingdom advisor, and I'd interview two or three at least to find the one that's the best fit for you there in Orlando. Uh, To find one, just head to faithfi.com and click find a CKA. You can do a zip code search. Thanks for calling today. We'll be right back. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid,
2: not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the the peace of mind that provides.
1: Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost-sharing at chministries.org. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. You're listening to Faith and Finance, where we talk about how we handle God's resources. How are you using God's resources? We're talking about it, and the lines are open to take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Uh, To Ohio, uh, Marianne, go right ahead.
0: Hi, I have an income check coming to me, about $15,000. And I wanted to know what would be the best way to uh, make more money off of it.
1: Sure. So uh, do you already have, Marianne, what I call an emergency fund, a liquid savings account of three to six months expenses?
0: No, sir, but I've heard you talk about it.
1: Okay. I think that's probably the place to start, which means I wouldn't invest this money, meaning I wouldn't put it in stocks and bonds and try to grow it because with that, you've got to, you really only want to do that if you have a long time horizon. And, uh, you know, if we don't have an emergency fund, that's the place to begin. Now, this is good news that you've got this money coming to you. Uh, and it'd be a great way to get that emergency fund started. So what I would do is when it comes in, I'd go ahead and open a high-yield savings account, probably with an online bank. You could use Marcus or Capital One 360, or if you wanted a bank that aligned with your Christian values, you could use the Christian Community Credit Union at joinchristiancommunity.com. But you would link that to your checking account and then go ahead and move this over. Let's call this your the beginning of your emergency fund with a goal of getting this to three to six months' expenses. And then when the unexpected comes, this is what you use, you know, to fall back on so you don't have to borrow anything. And if this isn't equal to three to six months expenses, you could keep, you know, building this up. With additional funds, that's where you'd want to invest, where you've got truly a minimum of a 10-year ten, ten time horizon. I'd probably start with a company-sponsored retirement plan. Um, if you don't have one, you could use a Roth IRA. But uh, that's that's how I would would approach this 15000 Does that make sense?
0: Yes, um, with the with the a Roth IRA, what do
1: they usually yield? They they don't yield anything. So the Roth IRA is just simply the type of account. So oh. you have a joint account with you and uh, a spouse. Uh, you'd have an individual account, and then a Roth IRA is an account category that's a retirement account and it basically allows for you to put in after-tax dollars up to $6500 a year under age 6 under age 50 and then invest that inside the Roth. So you put in cash and then once it's in there, you can choose whatever investments you want, CDs, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds. And as those investments grow inside the Roth IRA, uh, then they're not affected by the taxes. And then when you pull the money out, including all the gains, uh, it's tax free as long as you do it after age 59 and, a half and as long as the account's been open for at least five years. So the Roth doesn't have a yield. Again, that's just the account type. It oh. really has to do with what investments you put inside of it.
0: All right. There are there any certified kingdom advisors in this area?
1: There probably are. I would say, though, if you're just getting started, you're probably not going to be able to work with a certified kingdom advisor just because their typical minimums are a little uh, higher than for someone who's just getting started. Uh, so, what I would probably do is check with our friends at soundmindinvesting.org. Uh, they could help you with some investment uh, strategies, make some mutual fund selections that would be helpful to you. Again, soundmindinvesting.org. The other thing I would mention to you, Marianne, is if all All of this money is coming as a tax refund, and you're getting $15,000 back. Uh, That's an interest-free loan that you made to the government for a year with a lot of money. And I'd much prefer to see you get that into your monthly paycheck and get that refund down as close to zero as possible. And that means you need to update your W-4 form. Uh, And there's a formula on the form that will tell you how to fill it out but there's no sense in letting the government hold on, hold on to that money to you. I'd rather that be in your check every month so you can use it to fund your long-term investments or your savings, things like that. Hopefully that helps you. We appreciate your call today. To Zephyr Hills, Florida. Hi, Nancy. Go right ahead.
0: Hi, Rob. I'm calling because I have a question regarding retirement and uh, Social Security. I work for the federal government and because of the windfall tax profit, They take my Social Security at a rate of, I think, two-thirds. And um, I've I've talked to people, and they get like $1,200 a month, Social Security. And I was getting $2 a month. So I'm like, Mm. something's not right here. And I went to the Social Security office. They reviewed my case. They said, oh, well, you can't have two pensions from the government. And because I'm getting a retirement pension, they say I can't. Pursue the Social Security uh, allotment. Yeah. So yeah. I was hoping to and have some find some.
1: Well, no the the only way that you could uh, have this reversed is if you are un you are not eligible for another pension. Um, but if you are eligible for another pension, then unfortunately that windfall elimination provision is going to apply, usually cutting the benefits in half or perhaps even more. And it comes from working for the federal government or another state or local government where you are eligible for another pension and they then limit your ability to earn Social Security because of that. Uh, So if, in fact, you do have that other pension, then there's not going to be another way around this, unfortunately.
0: Even though I paid into the system 40 quarters working outside of the government as well. I don't understand, uh, you know. It's like somebody who didn't work with the federal government, they're getting their full Social Security amount, and they have their 40 quarters in. But because I worked for the federal government, they take it. They take two thirds of my uh, Social Security.
1: Right, right. And it's because, yeah, this other pension that's available through the work that you did, and I understand the frustration there, but they're only going to give you one or the other, unfortunately. So um, I I think, you know, if you feel like, you know, something's not right, you could obviously go in and see if you could get somebody face to face and try to understand a bit more. But unfortunately, if that other pension is available, uh, they're not going to give you both as much as I wish I had better information for you. I'm so sorry to hear your situation, Nancy. We do appreciate you being on the program today, and uh, may God bless you in the days ahead. And that's going to do it for us today. I really appreciate your taking time to listen to this program and to committing the principles we talk about each time to your financial life. You see, God's plan isn't difficult, but it does take discipline. And I hope we can encourage you along the way as you listen to this program. Incidentally, if you've been helped by what you've heard here, would you mind helping us? This broadcast, the FaithFi app, and the other great resources we provide wouldn't be possible without the financial support we receive from listeners like you. We offer a lot of our resources for free and even have a free version of the FaithFi app. And that's only possible because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners, but would like to be, would you visit our website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. And then click the give button to sign up. We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here and I hope you will be too for the next edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by Faith by and listeners like you.